We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Because you want to create a culture where the best ideas win, everybody's voice is uh, valued. And so if you're asking constantly, what did I miss? What am I not seeing that you see? Why is this project going to fail? Or, you know, what if we predicted it failed? Why would it get off track? You're inviting stuff and welcoming the critiques that will ultimately make the plan better. If you address those things and change the plan, now you remove friction and obstacles. And you also have a uh, pathway, a guideline for potential messaging and professional development and education that you need to roll out. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thought thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Daniel Bauer helps out-of-the-box school leaders make change happen in education. He does this through his category-defining podcasts, book, and leadership community, The Mastermind. Learn more at betterleadersbetterschools.com. I have to tell you that when we're talking about the mastermind and what Danny does through his mastermind, I'm a member of the mastermind and I have been for two years and it is a fantastic opportunity for leaders to really level up. So I'm excited to hear what Danny has to say today about how leaders can improve how they support, engage and empower teachers. So welcome to the podcast, Danny. I'm really happy to have you here. Chris, thank you for uh, having me. I mean, this is such an awesome opportunity. It's great that you've launched this uh, podcast and it's an honor and a privilege to work with you each week in the mastermind. So thanks for all of that. And people will notice that you're actually, um, Better Leaders, Better Schools is one of the sponsors of the podcast. So uh, from what I've learned by participating in the mastermind and listening to a lot of the advice you give, that's really been the reason that I've launched this. I could talk about the benefits all the time, every day, but why don't you take some time and and describe exactly who you are and why you do what you do? Yeah, so I started uh, Better Leaders, Better Schools back in 2015. I was an assistant principal and my lived experience as an AP and then as a principal was that uh, when when we were brought together as leaders within a uh, district, they didn't really develop us as leaders, right? Leadership meetings had to do with uh, bureaucracy and the boxes that needed to be checked. Raise uh, student achievement, uh, decrease discipline, increase student attendance. And if you don't do those things, we're going to fire you, 
right? And that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to learn how to craft a meaningful vision, how to uh, engage in difficult conversations. I wanted to think about how do we uh, create more equitable environments for all our students. And I wasn't, I wasn't getting that. So I had two choices. I could throw myself a pity party and go down that road and uh, tell everybody how hard I have it. Cause I'm convinced, I don't know about you, Chris, but my life is the worst, the hardest, you know, <laughs> yeah. of all the, the experiences in the world. <laughs> or my other choice would be to, to take action, to take control and ownership of my development. And I, I chose the latter, right? Uh, so I started the podcast. And if we also go back to 2015, I went to a conference called the Global Leadership Summit. There's hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people at this conference. And the facilitator says from stage, everybody wins when a leader gets better. And I heard that quote and it rocked me. It challenged me, right? I felt the weight, the responsibility, the gravity to what he was saying. And I had a mirror moment too. And when I really thought about what am I doing to uh, improve myself. There wasn't a lot going on. This was before the podcast started. Sure, I was at that conference. I don't know that I had another one on the calendar or if listeners from the UK on the diary. I, I didn't have that in my agenda. And I didn't have a coach. Uh, I didn't have a mentor or mastermind. There was just a lot of things that I didn't have. Yes, I read books and I took action on those ideas, but I just felt like I could be doing more. And so I decided to start this podcast and I figured if I learned from the successes and failures of people with a lot more experience than me, and then the, the biggest idea, take action on just one thing that they taught me, then I would grow. And that worked. And what I didn't realize is that uh, by putting it out for free as a podcast or anywhere you can listen, uh, that a lot of people would resonate with that message, right? One of those people being you. And uh, from there, uh, I joined a mastermind myself called Iron Sharpens Iron. Got so much value from that experience. Again, I looked at our industry and I said, whoa, who's doing this to support school leaders, right? And, and uh, even better than the podcast, it's a weekly gathering where we're going to talk education leadership in a deep way, build relationships, be authentic and vulnerable, help each other through our greatest challenges, read interesting books outside of education and grow. Because like the facilitator said, everybody wins when a leader gets better. And I've taken that and I added to it, everybody wins when you get better. And that's the story. You know, I mean, besides that being a great story, one of the things that always resonates with me is the idea that what you've built is something fantastic to support school leaders. And you've done that by example. So you've modeled the behavior that um, that you you preach about. You yourself went out and joined a mastermind that I was always struck by that. Um, and not knowing that until I heard it before, it was interesting because we can always sit and talk about how, oh yeah, well, they're talking about that. But to know that you're actually doing it and modeling your, I don't want to say it's a key principle, but it seems to be the idea of making sure you take action. So Thinking about that, I mean, you've because of this journey that you've you've come on. What's the best thing about it? What would you say is the biggest win of this whole thing? Biggest win of uh, launching the mastermind is that what you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. You know, I, I've been a teacher my whole life, right? Now the classrooms change, and my uh, my my students are a little bit older. They have bigger beards, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have a little gray in their beard, like I do or you do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just so satisfying. The work is incredibly rewarding. 
people can joke about having the best job in the world or whatever. I really think I do. I have a distinct advantage over my days in a school because everybody there chose to be there. I don't, um, I express a lot of gratitude for that because what a privilege to work with over 60 individuals from around the world who all want to get better, all want to grow and all want to be there, you know? So imagine having an organization like that. So that's, that's been probably one of the most rewarding aspects uh, of it for sure. Now that's, um, along the, the lines of being authentic and everything, you know, we're talking about all the wins and how great things are. What about the flip side of the coin? Just so we can take a moment and be a little vulnerable and authentic with people. Oh, man. Yeah. What? The hard parts? You want to yeah, know the, about the hard parts? The hard parts where you fell down a little, things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, so one one thing, in, at least in regards to the mastermind, we joke that I'm the king of uh, uh, wait time, right? And so <laughs> I will hold silence for many consecutive minutes until somebody breaks and says something. Cause I know the, the gears are turning. People are, are, uh, are thinking and want to offer something intelligent to the discussion. But a lot of times during, during the silence and the wait, the imposter creeps in and very negative voice starts in my head. And I, I, I hear this, that everybody hates this mastermind experience and they're all going to quit tomorrow. Right. And so that, you know, that's a hard part. Now I can say that jokingly because it, it happens less and less. But, you know, I have a, I have a book deal and, and the book will be out in September and it's actually on the mastermind. In the first draft, I got really critical feedback and that was hard to absorb, right? But my editor was right. There was a ton of great ideas. It was organized poorly. So it wouldn't have been a, a great book at the time, but that knocked me down a few pegs, right? And then then you have to pick yourself back up, reorganize the book. And, you know, I had, the first book I put out was self-published. I, I paid nicely to an editor. I probably gave them a similar first draft, but they put the book together for me. I didn't do that work. So working with a publisher, in this case, Corwin, I thought they were going to do that and organize my thoughts. And she's like, oh, this isn't organized. Try again. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I have to do that? I can't do that, Right. I'm not equipped to do that. I don't have the skills. And I, I really thought, uh, should I just say, okay, no book, right? Do I have what it takes? I leaned into that discomfort. Luckily, uh, on some walks, I love to take at least a, a mile walk every day. And uh, I was thinking about it and I said, okay, if it's, if it's unorganized, loosely organized, I wonder if a model would help tighten up the structure. And before writing the book, it's like the Derek Sivers quote, what is ordinary to you is extraordinary to me, right? Because I don't, I, it comes naturally the way we've built this community and I show up and we do it, but how could I teach that to others? And so finally I came up with this, uh, this proprietary model. I'm getting it registered, you know, as a trademark thing. And so it's, it's called the ABCs of powerful professional development authenticity, belonging, and challenge. And when a PD opportunity or a mastermind's built on those ABCs, it leads to, you know, life and leadership transformation. So, you know, those are some of the hard parts, getting critical feedback. Uh, you put yourself out there as a podcaster, you're going to find out. People are going to tell you you suck. <laughs> so get ready for that. I remember I turned comments off the blog because some of the comments I used to get were not so nice. Yeah, and okay. so, you know, and Back to the first book, um, talking to my new editor, she's like, yeah, Goodreads is a great place to uh, 
promote your work and get reviews. Now that I never even thought of looking at Goodreads. So I looked there. Listen, most of the, the majority, right? The preponderance of evidence are very positive comments about the book. But where do I go? <laughs> Who's that jerk who put the one star, right? Yeah, yeah. And I read what they said and man, did it hurt, you know? And so part of the hard part of just showing up and putting yourself out there in public or what Brene Brown, you know, Teddy Roosevelt would say is getting in the arena. Well, then you have a bullseye on your back to some respects. So those are all hard parts. And, you know, I can talk about professional hard parts too, like as a principal and that kind of stuff. If you're looking for that, um, I'll let you decide. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is that as well, because as you were talking about that, I was thinking about being able to develop that tough skin, being able to get in that arena, because so often as principals, we have decisions put in front of us where we see a right decision and we see a wrong decision. And sometimes based on that negative pressure, those five parents in your community of thousands that are very vocal about disagreeing with you, sometimes that makes principals kind of compromise a little bit and not go full out and go with what they think 100% is right. So any advice that you have around there or stories that you have about times that you've fallen down or made mistakes as a principal, that those would be awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give a couple of stories. As an AP, uh, I like to talk and I'm very confident. And um, uh, the principal who hired me, hired me because I use my voice. And as you know, I mean, uh, a lot of times when you have a team, they might not tell you the truth you need to hear, right? Sometimes. Uh, and they'll you tell you one thing and that they love it or they want to go in this direction. And then you're like, why is there resistance? Because they didn't tell you the truth, right? So I was an AP and my principal shared an idea. And I remember saying very loudly in front of a lot of parents, that is a terrible idea, right? And like, <laughs> he, he really shared some constructive criticism yeah, for me. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really blind to, um, you know, how that might land in the environment, right? I knew he valued my opinion and I wasn't savvy enough to think about where I was sharing that opinion at the time and who was present. And it would have been much better to tell him it was a terrible idea. It was, it was a terrible idea, <laughs> but I was also wrong. So, you know, there's, there's truth there. I could have been right and wrong at the same time. And so I, I learned a valuable lesson there of, uh, you know, audience, right. And, and where you're at and really understanding that. So that was something that's important. You know, I, as a principal, my biggest regret, there was a uh, opportunity to, um, do some NHS stuff, right? In a national program, right? Honoring kids and their achievement. And from what I understand, there's sort of like national criteria, how you make it. For some reason, the people running the program at my school changed the rules without me knowing. And, and part of it too, was I came to the school, the school year had actually already started. So that was a disadvantage, right? Uh, so I, I didn't, I wish, I wish I would have thought about that more before accepting the position, but I'm glad I did. I learned so many lessons and generally it was a positive experience. So anyways, they changed the rules. They made it more difficult for kids to get in this program. And I'm wondering like why, and they didn't have a good reason for me other than it would just like make it harder and limit the amount of kids. And I want to celebrate kids that are doing great stuff. And if it meets sort of a national criteria that's not watered down, Let's celebrate all these kids. Like, why have fewer? And it's going to, it was the story I'm telling myself. They didn't want to do it because it's more work, more kids, more work, right? And uh, 
it's not like my opinion was wrong. The national criteria, the kids that they were excluding met that criteria. Okay. So anyways, I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to use the national criteria, the criteria that literally everybody else uses. We're going to do that. And they were very frustrated. And instead of having a critical conversation with me, they went to my supervisor. And I remember getting a call on the freeway there in Houston. uh, And my supervisor calls and tells me, yeah, we're going to reverse your decision. We're going to go with the more challenging criteria and serve and honor fewer kids. And I... I let the supervisor know that I didn't agree. Okay. And when I made it back to school, I brought those two NHS, uh, you know, mentors, advisors, whatever into the office. I said, okay, you win in this sense, but I want to know that this violates all my principles. And, and, you know, I think it violates integrity as well. And I couldn't be more disappointed that we're moving forward as a building doing this and limiting how many kids we honor. I am so disappointed in how we're showing up in this moment. Congratulations, right? And that was that. But that was a huge regret because I wonder if I could have went to bat more for the kids. I decided not to. I knew I was on my way out. I wasn't staying at that school. But man, was I, I was pissed at that one. That was a huge hard moment. Second hard moment at that school, uh, my AP was standing stabbing me in the back. I didn't even know. I didn't find oh. out until uh, uh, like literally maybe 15 days before I was leaving that she was literally making up stories too about what I was doing or not doing and feeding that to my supervisor as well. And she had a really terrible attitude and I failed to check her on it, right? And part of it is, here's a huge failure. I don't like tough conversations. So when she brought her nasty attitude to a leadership, you know, like cabinet level meeting, I would be patient and calm and not respond or escalate, but I didn't address it a lot. And we had a terrible relationship and I just never mended it. I worked hard to try to develop a relationship there. I wonder how I could do things differently. I, I made some mistakes with communication. Um, one of my biggest weaknesses is knowing what I'm doing tomorrow. Like I have no idea what's on my calendar, even though I teach like time blocking ideal week and that kind of stuff. I have all that on the calendar, but then I forget about what's coming up. And so sometimes with communication, I might forget to loop her in on something. The story she told herself was, you don't like me. You're trying to uh, do things behind my back. And so I think she's like, okay, well, I'll do that to you. Maybe, I don't know. But either way, she expressed how frustrating that was. I said, listen, it's just, that's a weakness. It's an oversight. Believe me, it has nothing to do with you. This is just, I'm really bad at it. So that, that was a huge failure. Darn it. You know, what are you going to do? So I could go on. I mean, I those, have so many failures. Those are great stories. And, and actually, in you talking about your failures, you brought up some really good things that I just want to follow up on. I have to pause you, though. I have to tell, I no, have to that's tell fine. you this into the listener. So regarding that AP, I inherited my leadership team. So I didn't hire any of the APs. I had three. Uh, looking back now, I should have asked some questions, you know, about it. And I should have also asked, did anybody from my team apply for my job? Yeah, Guess what, that's Chris? big. Guess what? <laughs> she did. Yeah. And she didn't even get an interview. So I think even if I came in no beard, wearing a dress and had a completely different gender, she would have stabbed me in the back, right? Because yeah. I, th- I think she was hurt and harmed from not even getting the opportunity. And listen, she was actually a super good Effective, very effective, efficient, productive AP, you know, 
think a little harsh with the kids. I didn't like that. But um, overall, very effective. I wish I knew she had applied because that would give me some more context too. So those are all learning moments. And now I know some of those things. And that helped create the narrative that she was telling herself whenever she wasn't looped into something. So that had a lot to do with where she was coming from. You know, when talking about that, Danny, you, you're, the, the idea of you speaking out against the idea that your principal had, and then the second one, you know, the whole idea about the National Honor Society thing, a lot of that... Still wrong. Around. If you two are listening, it's still wrong. You know who you are. <laughs> not, that, not that you feel strongly about it. How do you get that truth from teachers, right? Because leaders listening to this, and it'll even help teachers listen to this podcast. How do you get truth from teachers or how do you keep staff from talking in secret behind your back? And I guess the real big thing, and this is where I'll let you take it and run with it, is do you have some suggestions or ideas on how leaders can build a culture of open communication so that we can fix the stories people tell themselves, or at least better inform them. Mm -hmm. Couple of ideas here. I mean, one at the end of any sort of like leadership meeting, staff meeting or whatever, summarize, have people write down, what did you hear? <laughs> right. Cause, cause there's one message I th I'm thinking I'm putting out there intend and plan and architect the message. And then that's, that's reality. And then there's how people receive it, which is also reality. But then what happens normally at an end of the meeting, it's like, oh man, I'm an amazing leader. Like, look how cool I am. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and like, okay, all my people are going out to do the beautiful vision. And, uh, you don't check in to see, like, do they understand? Check for understanding. It's like, we lose stuff that we know that we do as students, but we don't do it with adults. Right, so check right. for understanding, see like, what was it that you heard? So that we're all in alignment when people go out to, to wherever they are going. That's one can thing. I, uh, yeah. Can I just jump in real quick on that? Because there's something, and I, I learned this from you, so I have to share this, is at the end of every meeting, I have a special spot on the agenda. What did I miss? And yeah. I make sure I ask what I missed at the end of every meeting. At first, people were kind of like, what, what do you mean? What did you miss? And I got some feedback, um, not this year, but the year prior, that people love the idea that I open it up for anything I might have missed because then people speak out instead of thinking they're interrupting or doing something like that because it's a place on the agenda for them. Yeah. And you're doing something that no leader's ever done for them. And so that's setting you uh, heads and shoulders above all your peers. Another way to do that, like, what did I miss is the pre-mortem, which, you know, you just read with me thinking in bets by Annie yeah. Duke. And so the idea of a pre-mortem is, you know, well, people know what a post-mortem is. Somebody passes and then, you know, they look at why they died. Well, pre-mortem predicts, right? You're making bets, uh, educated guesses on why something uh, might might be wrong. And so if you have a project initiative or whatever that you're trying to trying to do within your school, basically you ask your team, why is this a terrible idea? Why won't it work? Well, you, you say what I said as an AP to the principal in the right context, <laughs> in front of the right people, <laughs> and you create the space for people to critique you and open. And not, honestly, I should revise that, not critique you, to critique the idea. Because you want to create a culture where the best ideas win, everybody's voice is uh, valued. And so if you're asking constantly, what am I, what did I miss? What am I not seeing that you see? Why is this project going to fail? Or, you know, what if we predicted it failed? Why would it get off track? You're inviting stuff um, and welcoming the critiques that will ultimately make the plan better. If you address those things and change the plan, now you remove friction and obstacles. And you also have a uh, pathway, a guideline for 
uh, potential messaging and professional development and education that you need to roll out, right? Because people are saying, here's stuff that I don't get. Well, if they're thinking that here and these are your best people, the larger faculty is probably going to be thinking the same things and more. So it's such a gift to do something like a pre-mortem. That's a great idea to look at how things could possibly go wrong. And it, it's, um, it reminds me of when we're, when we're talking about different things and we're, we arrive at problems. Another saying that, again, I got from the mastermind is what would this look like if it were easy? Yeah, I love that coaching question. It's so good. Yeah. So I, um, you just, you know, you said a couple of ideas, but I think you just gave a lot of, a lot of stuff for people to think about. So I want to, I want to take a, a break here real quick so we can hear from our sponsors. And then uh, we'll, we'll come back from there. Today's podcast is sponsored by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the podcast that inspired me to start this one. Since 2015, the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast has released hundreds of episodes with millions of downloads. Subscribe and listen each week to great conversations on the topic of school leadership. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, and we're back with Danny, and um, we just received a ton of advice on how you can help build a culture that addresses the stories that people are telling themselves so maybe everybody can get on the same page through open, honest communication. And, you know, Danny, in talking to you, I, I always love hearing from you about key things leaders can do to better themselves, but more importantly, key things that leaders can do to better support, engage, or empower their teachers as they make their schools better places to work and for students to attend. So can you give us some advice on some of those key things? Yeah, in terms of creating a a better environment and building better relationships, all that? Yeah, anything that helps support teachers, engage, or empower them. Sure. You know, I think this is a good place to talk about Dream Manager, right? And so, uh, you know, something we did within the, within the Mastermind, and the cool thing is Mastermind members have already started doing this with their faculty, and they've seen the fruit. So th- what I'm going to give you is a activity that works in the short term and the long term. And it works if you're a novice principal or a veteran, and it especially works if you already have some great relationships with um with your staff. Uh, It comes from a book called the dream. Yeah. Dream manager by Matthew Kelly. And I took that idea and I, I, I I built upon it. There's a YouTube video that describes exactly what we're going to talk about that. We're going to link up in the show notes and have a book giveaway around. And uh, there's a blog post on there too. And so essentially the dream manager bucket list idea is that everybody in your school, students to the principal, are waking up each day with some kind of dream inside their head. And if you knew what that dream was as the leader, okay, principals, APs, uh, teachers listening, if you knew the dreams of your students and your colleagues, you would create and and help them achieve those dreams. You would create a world-class culture for sure. 
And so essentially the dream manager book had to do with a, a custodial company and, uh, they had a problem with retention, right? Their custodians were leaving. And the way the book goes is that uh, uh, people weren't coming to the job site. And the story the leadership team was telling themselves is the people didn't care, right? The job literally stinks, you know, because you have to clean up bathrooms (laughs) and garbage. And they're like, why, you know, nobody wants this kind of job. So that's why they're not coming. Or because they're, you know, lower socioeconomic or come from those neighborhoods across the tracks, they're lazy and you can't trust them. And, you know, just all that, it's all baloney. That's a nice way of saying it. So they were wrong and they decided, you know what, maybe that's not the right assumption there or story. What if we asked, why aren't people showing up? And then why are they leaving our company? What they found out is people lacked access to transportation to the job sites. So it was an easy problem to solve. They bought a van, a fleet of vans. They uh, got their people to the job sites and overnight solved their retention problem with their staff. Then the next thing they were thinking, well, how do we take this to the next level? That's where the dreams came in. What if we knew the dreams of our staff? And if we knew them, what if we helped them achieve them? So they created a position. And wouldn't this be cool? What if a school had a dream manager position? You know, uh, somebody whose sole job was to help people tap into their dreams, write them down. It's always important to write them down, have them posted, and then coach them, mentor, hold them accountable, nudge them through the journey of achieving those dreams. One of the dreams in the book uh, has to do with somebody who had never owned a home. And so the dream manager helped them figure out the mortgage, savings, down payment, and then ta-da, they have a home, they're hosting parties for the entire staff, and this person's just just raving about the company because they helped her get that house. And she's telling everybody who didn't meet with the dream manager, get your butt in there, like, this is important stuff. So I took that idea, um, built on top of the the dream list uh, categories that Matthew Kelly presents, did it within the mastermind, and little things happen, Right. Somebody's running a marathon, and this was a couple of years ago, but I sent him a Garmin watch, right? Just to encourage him to keep running. <clears throat> There's somebody who loves to golf, so he got golf balls uh, with his name and the school on it, you know? Jess wanted to mentor a novice principal. I know thousands, literally thousands of principals. So I put out a survey, who wants free mentorship from a veteran principal? And you just have to have like one or two years experience, and a bunch of people applied, I connected Jess, she picked one and she crossed that off her dream, right? Uh, I hope Scott's not listening. If he is, you know, Scott, he's in the same cohort. He wants to go to a Notre Dame game, right? Do you remember Michelle? I think she was in our group, Uh, Michelle. But anyway, she went to Notre Dame. So what Scott doesn't know is I reached out to Michelle through email. I said, how do you get Notre Dame tickets, right? I've got a guy who wants to go there for whatever reason. And uh, because he's from Michigan, like, why do you want to go to Notre Dame? You're supposed to like Michigan. They're all their rivals. But uh, long story short, I'm going to try to get some tickets and make that a reality. You know what I mean? And, awesome. or, or, or he wants a treadmill, like a Peloton treadmill. So I said, what are you doing? Have you bought it yet? Like, why not? You have a firm at 0% financing. So, you know, you're not going to get charged extra for it. And you could pay it over 36 months. And anyways, I want to kick your butt. I have the bike. So I'll, I'll out work, work out you or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm a competitive guy. You, but, uh, you got me on that because I, I don't have a Peloton. I have the Nordic track one that is the Nordic track version of the Peloton. And I was so upset when you put that out there that you had a Peloton 
name and group, I was looking to hop on with you. And you can still do the app, though. I bet. The iFit app? Peloton has an app, and I bet you can compete that way. Yeah, so that might be something to check out. But Yeah, no, cool. So I think, I hope, hopefully the listener gets it, but there's all sorts of domains. I'll go over those in a second. But essentially, people are going to have big, big, big dreams. Save a million dollars. Well, I might be able to help somebody plan for that. I can introduce them to some financial advisors. We can run a financial workshop, which we're going to do in the mastermind. And that would help, but I can't give them a million bucks. You know, maybe somebody wants to go to Bali for like a vacation. I can't probably send them there. Um, But there are little things that you can take action on as a leader to help people's dreams come true. And here's the thing. If you help somebody's dream come true, just imagine the the return of investment, right? Like what's the story then? This this podcast has all been about the stories we tell ourselves. What's the story that person is going to tell themselves about you as a leader in my context, the community I've built to serve school leaders, in your context as a listener, the school you lead or the classroom you lead, that if a teacher was doing that with their students, that kid's going to remember that teacher their entire life, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, if you do that for your teachers, like it's going to just change the game. So that type of stuff gets me excited when I think about education. And I'm I'm putting this stuff out there. Who has the courage to do it, Right. That's what it comes down to is that all this stuff is out there. Um, a lot of it you've put out there in a, in a really unique way. And it yeah. comes down to what you said. It's action. It's just taking it and tweaking it to where you need it and, and taking action on it. John Doerr, we read Measure What Matters on the Objectives and Key Results. John yeah. Doerr says ideas are easy. Execution's everything, right? And I learned uh, from this guy, Joe Polish, too. He says, uh, you know, there's a difference between common sense and common practice, right? Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. It's about taking action. And I think that's what separates me from a lot of people. You know, like I didn't have the dream for eBay. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, like right. everybody has a dream for eBay and Uber and Netflix and this kind of stuff. That's easy. But who, who actually takes action? So I told people the podcast I was going to build and I showed them exactly what I dreamed about from my organization. It came true because I took action. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, and anybody that doesn't know you would find out soon after talking to you that you do have plans and you carry them out. There's there's no sense in talking about stuff that you're not going to do. No. Take it to the bank, cast a check, it's not going to bounce. <laughs> and you got full of, you're full of energy. You've got plenty of energy to carry those out. That's right. Want to so know why? Here's a funny thing. So another <laughs> shout out. By the way, yeah. this, this podcast, not only sponsored by the Better Leaders, Better Schools Mastermind, also Peloton, but uh, what did you get? The Nordic <laughs> Track? What's it called? They're sponsoring too now. Yeah, the, the T22 or the the IT22 or something like that. But Yeah, so all of those are our sponsors as well. I don't even know why I'm talking about that. I had a funny like thing to add to it, and now I'm totally off, <laughs> off track. Well, that's all right. I'll come that's... back to it. I'll come back to it. A lot of times that's how the best things happen. So seeing that we're, we're, uh, we're almost to the end of this, I got two questions for you. One, if you weren't a leader and doing what you're doing now, because you are a leader on, definitely a leader on the next level. And that's not just me saying it, but ask anybody that, that uh, you serve. What would you be if you weren't doing what you were doing right now? Okay. I will answer that in just a sec. Or I should I say remember. who, not what. Okay. I remember my joke now. It's what, actually not it? a joke at all. It's, it's, it's sad reality. Okay. Want to know why I have energy? Nothing gets me more excited than hopping on that bike and beating guys that are 20 years old. 
because they shoot up a leaderboard, right? Yeah. And I can see people. And if it says male in 20 and they're yeah. above me on the leaderboard, I'm coming for their butts. <laughs> and it's my goal to beat them. And when I beat them, like I'm screaming at them. My neighbors probably like hear a bunch of crazy stuff. That's why I got that 42-year-old man beating guys in their 20s energy. That's that's what I'm bringing to the podcast today. All right. You're chasing everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what would I be? I mean, honestly, I always wanted to be a cartoonist. So um, I don't know if I've sent you a postcard yet, but I've been sending postcards and painting them out to different mastermind members. Yep. Um, so that's really fun. I'd love to be a professional cartoonist. And uh, I actually, I would love to do, um, I mean, it always was a sort of a dream to do like Saturday Night Live, but I never, I never took improv classes. I never went that path in terms of comedy. I probably just think I'm funny and then think I'm funnier after a drink or two, but Don't I just, I, you know, yeah, I love making people laugh, you know, and I think whether it's within the mastermind or like a sort of a, you know, satirical cartoon or whatever, um, I just, or, or obviously comedy, I just want to lighten the mood. And maybe that's because sometimes I'm wound up too tight and take things too seriously, which is why one of our, you know, mastermind core values rule number six, which yep. is uh, don't take yourself so seriously. but Anyways, yeah. So I think it has to do with that. Like, how do you lift the spirits? How do you leave the room better than when you found it? Um, and just have a positive impact on people's life. That's that's who and what I'd want to be. And I've got two things to add to that. It's a, it's about the little things that matter when you do little things for people, because you talk about that bucket list thing. But I did get a postcard from you, and it was awesome. It okay. brightened my day. I, I came home to see it sitting on the on the island um, that my wife had put there. She was like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> and she put it there. So she's like, somebody's sending you art. And so I looked at it and, I, and it put a smile on my face. It's right on my desk in my study. And then the other piece is we were talking and you sent me a fountain pen because I'm a pen snob. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I use yeah. just certain kinds of pens and you sent me a fountain pen that I still use every day to this day. Uh, as a matter of this fact, podcast, you know, yeah. also sponsored by Lamy Pens. There it is right there. I told you I have it yeah. on me all the time. So, uh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. What's the, because I do want to get to the book thing that we're going to do, but um, before we get to that, what's the most important piece of advice you could give to leaders as they work to support and engage and empower teachers? To support, engage, and uh, empower teachers? Yeah. Well, take action on the, the, the dream and bucket list idea I gave for sure. Other than that, I mean, Zig Ziglar said, you can have everything in life you want as long as you help everybody get in life what they want. And so if you, if you can put your own ego and wants and desires and vision aside for a second and really tap into what other people are wanting to do, guess what? They'll run through a wall for you. And that's, that's, that's really it. I mean, listen, all this stuff is out there. If you want to be successful, it's all there, you know, but we often ignore it. We don't take action and we're so self-absorbed, right? We're in our own heads and, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's kind of silly. So go out there and be a people person, right? There you go. So talk to me now. I mean, and if you haven't read your first book, the BLBS Roadmap, Better Leaders, Better Schools Roadmap, I've got to tell everybody listening to this podcast, they, they definitely want to do that. I know you want to do like a book giveaway, but they also have to be on the lookout for your next book because that one's going to be awesome and about this fantastic experience that I talk about every chance I get. So Let's hear a little bit about a book book giveaway. 
Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah. So the first one, um, that one's already out. The second one's coming out in September. So excited for that to happen. But yeah, I did a uh, YouTube video on bucket lists. And so I think, you know, just to, to get more insight and maybe a little coaching on the video, there's also a blog post to that too, that you can link up uh, from, well, it's linked in the video description. And if the listener chooses, you can get the, the bucket list template. That's all hundred percent free. And then you can run with that with your staff or with your classroom, or, I mean, shoot, you should do it with your family too. I mean, honestly. So anyways, we're going to link that video in the show notes. And if you go over there, because I want the, the YouTube thing is new for me, right? Like the podcast is big. It has over a million downloads. YouTube is completely new. And so obviously I want subscribers and I want people to check out the content because I think it's valuable likes and subscriptions, all that kind of stuff. So to get a free book, first five listeners to go to the video and just leave a comment, leave a comment that, you know, your biggest insight, right? Number one insight from the video and tell me you want a free book, right? Because then I know that you're coming from the podcast. First five people that leave an insight, tell me you want a free book. I'll respond because I read and respond to all the comments. Uh, we'll connect offline to get your address and stuff. And then I'll ship you out a book on the house. So um, the video title is how to build the ideal culture for your school. Uh, but it will be linked up in the show notes too. Yeah, all this stuff will be in the show notes. And I will definitely put a reminder of how they can go ahead and give that a shot at getting a free book in the show notes. So as soon as they look at it, they'll be reminded. No, that's great. Danny, you've said a ton today. Um, I could talk to you for 16 hours. And then uh, I know other people are interested in following up. I'm sure they're going to be interested in following up. So you have a ton of ways for people to get in touch with you. But what, what are a couple of the best ways, the easiest ways? Daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com is the email. Website, betterleadersbetterschools.com. Twitter, Instagram, at Alien Earbud, which is an anagram for my name, Daniel Bauer. You take the letters, mix them up, and you come up with something interesting. Phone number, 312-788-7595. Call, text, anytime. If I don't want to talk, I, I won't pick up, you, so no big... You are bringing the energy today. You even put your phone number out there. Yeah, address 10... <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you my yeah, address, but... Yeah. <laughs> No, honestly, you can call or text, do it if you want yeah. to. That'd be interesting to see who, who actually reaches out. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's pretty much it. So besides giving my address, that, <laughs> that, that'll work. That, that'll work. And I'll, yeah. I'll throw all the other links and everything to, the, to your other podcasts and stuff like that in the, in the show notes so everybody will have what they need. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. All right. Hey, Danny, I, I can't thank you enough, really. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of that wisdom I enjoy every week in the Mastermind. Cool. Hey, we should see if there's a 16-hour podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen. And uh, if there's not, maybe we, maybe we should do that. You know what? Best. 16, the, <laughs> the first, ap- first ever 16-hour podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'll, we'll look. And it's 16 because then you still get eight hours of sleep. Right, because we have to be healthy. Yeah, you got to be healthy. Boundaries. Uh, there you go. All right, Danny, thanks. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, 
Email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.